Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 244 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. And as always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed, stolen during the 23 years or so I've been in business and from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education. And to do that in a no-nonsense, no-BS way, so let's just crack on with today's show. Absolutely always, sometimes. Now, this is a little tag that I've sort of thrown together for myself for an idea that I've found to be super useful. With students where I'm trying to challenge their beliefs about their identity as a guitar player, a musician, or anything else for that matter, and more than anything, with myself, as I try to wrestle my own inner moron into submission and manage my own behavior, particularly when I find myself doing stupid, unhelpful things. You may know someone who does that. You probably don't do it yourself, do you? Anyway, for me, managing that inner moron is probably the biggest job. Way, way tougher than sorting out my students. And there are three basic parts to this idea. It's absolutely, always, and sometimes. Absolutely means unqualified, not diminished in any way, complete and total. Always for me just means consistent throughout all time. And sometimes means true at least some of the time, but obviously not true all the time, right? So how do we take those three little nuggets of ideas and make some kind of tool out of them? I think it's pretty simple, and if we do it, we can use the the linguistic tool to undermine a student's, or indeed my own, sense of identity in as much as it pertains to their study with me, or you, and with how I work. So here's what I do. I find out what the student believes is absolutely true for them. It's usually some kind of daft statement like I don't have a musical bone in my body or I'm tone deaf, I've got no sense of rhythm, I can't sing um, particularly with the older students. In fact today a mature student guitar student told me that they used to sing all the time when they were little but stopped when they were seven after the school music teacher told him his voice was awful now he still believes in his late 60s, what that music teacher told him when he was just seven years old. That part of his identity is what he acquired when he was seven, and that was as a non-singer, so probably for 60-plus years now. He hasn't sung. I think that's tragic. And I need to change that identity, make him a singer. As it happens... I did, and I was close to tears at the end of it, and I think he was as well. Anyway, this identity is what they believe themselves to be. It's who they believe themselves to be within the role 
of guitar player or musician. Now, their beliefs about themselves are situational and they're role-dependent. And they're very widely in terms of who they think they are in any given role, job or, or situation. And you'll find that there are some areas outside of studying with you or learning in which they'll absolutely believe themselves to be capable, fabulous and able. They may even define themselves as talented, gifted, expert or something like that. Now, as I've already discussed in previous episodes, beliefs are pretty stubborn things and they'll hang around as long as there's space for them they're permanent tenacious and they'll they'll really lurk until something confronts and destroys them or if you don't like that confrontational idea until they get an upgrade now this means that those beliefs are actually temporary over the long term they're changeable and I think our job as teachers is to change the buggers. So I think we should ask questions about how they were before they were excellent at something. Walking, driving, cooking, accountancy, parenting, whatever it is they've told me they're good at. I'll get them to tell me, what do you do that's, that you're really good at? And here's where the always part of this kicks in. So... They've told us they're really good at activity X, Y, Z. So they've also told us is they're not always been good at it. Now, I think there's an opening there where we can insert a, a better identity statement for them. We get them to say something like, I used to be awful at playing guitar, but I'm much better now and I'm learning more every day. If it's not playing guitar for them, it might be, let's say, accountancy. I used to not be an accountant. Then I learned how to do basic accounting, and now I'm a really good accountant. Or whatever job they're doing. Jobs are really easy for this because they're in it every day. It's a big part of people's identity. Now, notice, if you will, that that statement's got a certain amount of momentum to it. I'm learning more every day. Tag that on the end. And there's a cheeky negation of the old self. And that's the word but. Remember, in any statement, when you use the word but, anything that happened before the word but gets cancelled out by that word. So be careful about this one. If I say to you, you're a fantastic tutor, but you know I'm going to say something negative. Do it the other way around if you've really got to use the word but in anything other than a conscious way say there are some issues with what you're currently playing Steve say but with a little tweak it's going to be much better see how that cancels it out anyway I'm getting dragged off down the lurking rabbit hole of but there oh god that sounds so wrong I bet that doesn't make it past the edit so by the time the but has done its work, <laughs> they're left with the, I'm much better now and I'm learning more every day part of that sentence. So I've gone from, I used to be awful at playing guitar, but I'm much better now and I'm learning more every day. 
the butt negates the first part and they're left with, I'm much better now and I'm learning more every day. I think that's nice because usually that's enough to get them rolling forward. It tips them slightly. Now, I'll vary that, I'll repeat it in various language forms, whatever produces the biggest response. Um, so I'm kind of watching body language and physical, physiological responses very, very closely. That might be blink rate, breathing rate, heart rate, which I can see in the carotid artery. And uh, I'll keep on varying the language to subtly drive home the point over time. Usually I'll keep a note of anything that I've used in the students' um, contemporaneous notes, which I always keep. So that's the always part of it done. We take what they're always good at, undermine it, and then use the word sometimes. Now, I think this is kind of a, a catalytic word, great for opening up cracks and inconsistencies. When they tell me they've always been rubbish at music, I'll try to elicit an example of one occasion when they sang or played or danced or hummed music without any kind of effort. Once they give me that, it's in my power then to remind them that they've had at least one moment, maybe many moments, of being less rubbish at music. So they're not always untalented or tone deaf. It's not an absolute anymore. Take an absolute, hit them on the head with it. That means they must sometimes have been good or at least okay at it. Then I'll ask them to close their eyes and revisit the less rubbish time. Hear what they heard, feel what they felt. Then I'll ask them to hold on to that state and play their guitar as they open their eyes. It works a great majority of time with students. And that's because I've taken their identity of being capable and able from one context and grafted it into the guitar lesson. I brought their identity over. When their immediate sense of identity is disturbed and off balance, they can change. If they don't change their identity, they won't change their behavior. My friend and mentor, Peter Thompson, once told me that people will never consistently do who they're not. Which means that you can't play a role forever if it's not true to who you are. If your student doesn't believe that it's right and proper for them to play guitar or be good at math or speak a foreign language, for instance, your stuff won't stick. They'll figure out a way to forget everything and completely foul up the implementation of any practical skill. And it works for you too. And it works for me. At age 57, which is what I am now, I had a bit of a suspicion I was in danger of slowing down and noticed I was walking up the stairs rather than running up the stairs, as has always been my habit. Bugger, I said. I always run up the stairs. And every time I get to the foot of the stairs now, I say, I always run up the stairs. And I run up the stairs. 
This is good training. It's a free workout. I'm doing it many times a day. And I tend to run up most stairs that I come across. It's back to being part of who I am. And I'll stay true to that because I always run upstairs, don't I? There's no wiggle room in that for me. People will always stay true to who they believe themselves to be. Especially if it's something they're absolutely sure they always do. We have to change their beliefs about themselves for the better, a sense of identity. If you do that, your work as a teacher, a tutor, coach, your life is way easier. Everything runs faster and it's a damn sight more fun because you're being true to who you believe you are. I don't know if you work with identities like I do. Let me know. What do you think? As always, I'd love to hear from you. I'm here to learn as well as to share what I've learned so far. So drop me an email. It's info at neilcamado.com or find me on Twitter where I am, unsurprisingly, Tudor Podcast. That's at Tudor Podcast. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the Tudor Podcast. Download all the episodes. It's very good for putting you to sleep. Think about that. <laughs> As always, guys, I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and tips to help you to start, grow, and love your tutoring business just like I love mine. I hope this podcast has got you thinking and has been some help to you. Stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.